Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the cattle markets. Up first in today's country comment, Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture will stop by to talk about this week's crop report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about this week's crop report. Overall, the province is at 88% seeded uh, for the fourth or last week of May, uh, down 6% from our three-year average at 94%. Certainly has advanced quickly. Uh, We had a a nice, warm, relatively dry week last week, uh, so that did help most producers get out into the field and and certainly start wrapping up uh, their seeding operations. However, that's... um, not consistent from farm to farm. We do see a, a, a lot of fields that are still having field access problems or where the soil is really dry, crops having a struggle emerging while the subsoil remains saturated or, or very wet. And we had some issues, uh, some lower temperatures over the weekend. Um, any any frost uh, concerns uh, coming out of that? Uh, we certainly did have some, some lower temperatures. Um, the damage was primarily concentrated in the interlake and eastern regions where uh, temperatures reached minus 2-4 durations of up to 5-7 to seven hours. Uh, so early emerged sensitive crops, um, canola, soybeans in particular, might have experienced a little more damage than cereals or corn. In the central region, temperatures didn't get quite that low nor for that duration of time, so frost damage in the central region has been limited to date. And how's emergence coming along? Emergence is really good for... Most of the spring cereals, wheat in particular, looks looks really good. Uh, canola emergence is also uh, coming along well. However, uh, some of the more sensitive crops, oats, flax, and canola on um, that was seeded on saturated ground or had less than ideal seeding conditions, seems to have a bit of a struggle. Where those sidewall trench smears or a little bit of compaction has occurred, or areas that received a pounding rain and had soil crust over, have shown that it, it is a little more difficult for that crop to emerge. And in some cases, that crust needs to be broken up or a nice gentle rain is needed to soften and allow the crop to emerge. Any uh, insect issues at this point? Uh, diamondback moth traps are out. However, counts are still relatively low, but it's an indicator of where populations might rise and where agronomists might need to be scouting a little bit more vigilantly. Flea beetles are certainly the test of concern right now. Um, there has been fairly widespread insecticide applications for flea beetles on canola, uh, and we do remind producers that the threshold for action or economic injury occurs at 25% defoliation. So do take a look at those canola stands just to make sure that um, we're at those levels before perhaps making a hasty uh, judgment on, on flea beetle spraying. And uh, what about weeds? Weed growth has certainly resumed. Uh, our win- those winter annuals are are getting quite large. They're enjoying these warmer, slightly more moist conditions. Uh, so they've uh, grown. We, we're seeing more dandelion foxtail barley uh, this year. And the spring and summer annuals, um, things like pigweed and lamb's quarters, have really started emerging quickly, uh, followed by millet. So in-crop herbicide applications are occurring where conditions allow, starting with the spring cereals and then moving on to canola and soybean. And uh, what about dugouts and, and uh, pastures? Right now, dugouts are, are relatively full. Uh, there is adequate supply for the water supply for cattle. However, pastures are still experiencing 
slower growth uh, due to lack of topsoil surface moisture in some cases, uh, as well as overgrazing from last fall. So regrowth has not been as uh, vigorous there, and they're expecting a lower yielding first cut. And in some scenarios, cattle are having to be supplemented on pasture. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture discussing the weekly crop report. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Seeding in Manitoba is almost 90% complete. Dane Fraze is with Manitoba Agriculture. Certainly has advanced quickly. We had a, a nice, warm, relatively dry week last week, so that did help most producers get out into the field and, and certainly start wrapping up uh, their seeding operations. However, that's not consistent from farm to farm. We do see a, a, a lot of fields that are still having field access problems or where the soil is really dry, crops having a struggle emerging while the subsoil remains saturated or, or very wet. The three-year average for seeding progress for this time of year is 94%. A market analyst with Canfax says over the past week or so, we've seen a good uptick in cattle production levels in Alberta. Here's Brian Peria. Packing plants, you know, now both running their two shifts. Uh, they're not quite up to full capacity at all, but, uh, you know, rather than killing maybe 2,000 a day, they might, uh, on a really good day, they might get up to 4,000, but, you know, hopefully sustainably closer to that 3,500, give or take, throughputs. Again, the times they were under, for a couple of weeks, under 2,000 or completely close. So certainly seeing some good improvement there. Working with feedlots, obviously, there's still a large backlog of cattle. Peria says early trading this week was quite strong. And the Canadian Agribusiness Education Foundation has announced its 2020 Pathways to Agri-Food Scholarships. Seven $2,500 scholarships were awarded to students entering or currently pursuing an agricultural or agri-food-related program at a Canadian college, university, or technical institution. The recipient this year from Manitoba was Christine Kilpatrick of Toulon. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, June 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. Joining us on the program today is market analyst Brian Peria with Canfax. I asked Brian to give us an update on cattle production in Alberta. On the last week or so, you know, we've actually seen pretty good uptick in production levels. Uh, packing plants, you know, now both running their two shifts. Uh, they're not quite up to full capacity at all, but, uh, you know, rather than killing maybe 2,000 a day, they might, uh, on a really good day, they might get up to 4,000, but, you know, hopefully sustainably closer to that. 3,500, give or take, uh, throughput. So, you know, again, at times they were under, for a couple of weeks, under 2,000, so, um, or completely close. So certainly seeing some good improvement there. Working with feedlots, obviously there's still a large backlog of cattle, uh, fed cattle, but, you know, at these levels they're able to work through and take the most, uh, the most current cattle that need to get processed and, and manage them and help feedlots manage their inventory. What are we seeing as far as prices? Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag, I guess, on the pricing side. Uh, early trade this week still quite strong. Uh, the challenge is, you know, I think packers are working with feedlots and, and uh, paying up for cattle, but they are limiting the number of volume uh, that they can or that they will buy. Um, you know, certainly there's more cattle to move. We've seen some fed cattle prices into the low 150s again this week, which is fairly strong, uh, but again, um, it's it's only on a limited volume, so it's so a little bit of caution there when reporting. You know the 
prices are strong, but uh, but some caution still in the marketplace. I guess as far as uh, you know, plants plants getting back on track. Are are there other plants you know across the country or in the U.S. that are now um, ramping up production or? Yeah, well, you know, the, the kind of the other big story in Canada wide is, or even in North America, Eastern Canada and Guelph and Prince Edward Island. You know, those plants out there have been running full full out here through all of this. Uh, actually, you know, certainly seeing cattle now uh, moving from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, even Alberta, some fed cattle getting moved out east uh, to get processed. As there actually came a, a bit short of cattle there, so. Uh, you know that all helps the marketplace as well. The U.S. has ramped up as well. Um, you know they were at their lows were killing maybe eighty thousand head a day uh, at the lows, and now they're over one hundred and ten thousand. Uh, whereas a year ago they were at one twenty. So uh, certainly seen some big improvements uh, across the board across North America. All right. Uh, any other uh, highlights here, Brian? Or uh, you know we just uh, I guess the other thing breakout here. The Canadian dollar hasn't been much of a story, but certainly seen a couple cents uh, really kind of broke out of its its trading range, which had a high of 72.5 and now approaching 74.5 cents. So certainly a lot of volatility in all the markets that we got to keep atten- pay attention to. That was Brian Peria with Canfax, giving us an update on the cattle markets. Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, Glendalee Allen Wasser talks with Carl Potts, the executive director of the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, about acreage, markets, and exports. When we're talking about pulse acres this year, what kind of changes did farmers make out there this year? Statistics Canada came out with a report in early May that had indicated that uh, that pea and lentil acres would be sort of flat or maybe a little bit lower, um, but that was based on a survey that was done in the March timeframe before we had a, you know, a strong run-up of, of lentil prices, red, red lentils in particular. So we feel that that um, report wouldn't have captured uh, some changes in seeding decisions that growers would have made in the April timeframe. So we're expecting lentil area to be uh, up this year, um, but in, in terms of specific estimates, uh, you know, it, it's tough to say, but we're expecting, you know, a uh, 5 to 15% increase in, in lentil area overall. And, and what are we seeing happening with the markets as far as pulses are concerned? Yeah, well, I think since the the real start with the uh, COVID uh, pandemic, there's been uh, some increased uh, imports and, and buying interest from overseas markets, and that has uh, has made uh, an uptick in in some uh, some pulse prices. So that's uh, you know driven you know some increased sales and deliveries of of last year's crop that are that's in the bin, as well as provided support for uh, for new crop bids. As well, so we're into a situation where we have, um, you know, some pretty, uh, you know, pretty decent prices for for lentils in particular, and and yellow pea and, and pea prices have increased as well. So you know, I think that there's uh, you know a little bit more optimism out there, at least on the the pulse side of things, and uh, we'll see whether or not some of that uh, market strength can be sustained in through the the remainder of the growing season and and in through the you know following harvest as well. Any changes on the export side of things uh, as far as uh, other countries are concerned? Any big increases that we saw we weren't expecting? Well, China continues to uh, to import large quantities of uh, peas. You know, we're expecting that 
you know, in this year, they're likely to, uh, you know, to meet or, or exceed, uh, you know, previous records in terms of, uh, in terms of imports of, of yellow peas overall. Um, you know, and we've had strong uh, lentil exports over the last number of m- months as well. So, you know, that's been, uh, you know, that's been good. You know, gets uh, you know, more movement at better prices for growers is a, a good sign and gets more cash flow, uh, you know, onto the farm. Um, in terms of other changes, you know, we have heard, you know, this week uh, India announcing that they're making some changes to uh, lentil import duties and, and lowering those from, as we understand, from 30% down to 10%. Now we're still trying to sort out and get clarification from India as to whether or not that will, uh, you know, a- apply immediately, uh, and also, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, this only applies until at the end of uh, end of August, or if if that's going to be uh, extended further. So, in any event, it's positive to see a major export market like India reduce import duties. But you know, as we normally do, we have to. Uh, seek some additional clarification from India to really uh, understand the timing of of implementation of of this policy change. That's Carl Potts, the Executive Director with the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. For Golden West, I'm Glenda Lee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Wassler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Keystone Agricultural Producers is partnering with the province to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. The webinar will focus on fatigue awareness and management for farmers. Takes place June 9th, starting at noon. The Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin has reopened its doors to the general public. With reduced hours and new safety measures, you can follow them on social media for more information. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is one of the groups receiving funding this year from the province's Conservation Trust. They're partnering with Ducks Unlimited for one of the projects. I caught up with Ducks Unlimited agrologist Ken Gross. Well, we're partnering with the MSGA to address an important issue, which is the fact that we've lost about 70% of our grasslands and wetlands across the prairies and this causes issues with, you know, soils moving freely into rivers and down carrying nutrients into water bodies like Lake Winnipeg. And forages are very good for, you know, sequestering carbon and and providing wildlife habitat. So we're pretty excited to be able to work together and put together a project that'll provide an incentive to both cattle producers and grain producers to put a little bit more forage on the land. We're really excited about the grain producer program. It's something we haven't done before, but what it is is every grain producer has uh, an acre or two on every quarter that doesn't produce very well, quite marginal, whether it's wet or maybe a little saline. And if, um, you know, they're putting $250 every year into these spots, getting very little or nothing of the crops out there, so we can provide incentive to 
to them to feed these down to, to grass. And what we call the program is basically farm less, make more. And it's been really well received by producers so far. Now, uh, what, what area of the province will uh, will these projects be taking place? Uh, it's working. Uh, the projects are in our uh, southwestern Manitoba. It's an important area for our waterfall production, and we have great relationships with producers there. And working with the Conservation Trust and our partners on this with MFGA allows us to build on and expand that framework. Can you talk a bit about the, the funding, I guess the cost, and, and how that will be divided? Yes, we received about 100 thousand dollars from the conservation trust which means that we have to provide between the partners two times that amount and most of that funding is going to producers to provide them incentives to seed down their lands to forage it's happening as we speak we have producers seeding the the land we have partnership with the watershed districts to help provide seed drills to get the seed into the ground and and we're it's uh moving right ahead That was Ken Gross with Ducks Unlimited. The group is partnering with Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association on a project that's funded by the province's Conservation Trust. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Cattle production has been on the upswing over the past week or so in Western Canada. Market analyst Brian Peria notes prices early in the week were trading quite strong, albeit on a limited volume. He talked about what's been happening out east. Kind of the other big story in Canada-wide, is, or even in North America, eastern Canada and Guelph and Prince Edward Island, you know, those plants out there have been running full full out here through all of this Uh Actually, you know, certainly seeing cattle now uh, moving from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, even Alberta, some fed cattle getting moved out east uh, to get processed. As there actually came a, a bit short of cattle there. So, uh, you know, that all helps the marketplace as well. The U.S. has ramped up as well. Peria says a lot of volatility remains in the markets. And farmers have made good seeding progress over the past couple of weeks. Dane Fraze is with Manitoba Agriculture. Emergence is really good for... Most of the spring cereals, wheat in particular, looks looks really good. Uh, canola emergence is also uh, coming along well. However, uh, some of the more sensitive crops, oats, flax, and canola on um, that was seeded on saturated ground or had less than ideal seeding conditions, seems to have a bit of a struggle. Where those sidewall trench smears or a little bit of compaction has occurred, or areas that received a pounding rain and had soil crust over have shown that it is a little more difficult for that crop to emerge. And in some cases, that crust needs to be broken up. Total seeding progress in Manitoba is sitting at about 88% complete compared to the three-year average of 94% for this time of year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.